Welcome back to Actually Adultish. My name is Christina. I am your host. I am a holistic health coach living in Los Angeles. I'm creator of the blog Addicted to Lovely, the host of Straight Up Paleo podcast in addition to this fabulous podcast, and your new best friend because I hope you feel like we're best friends after you listen to this podcast. That's my goal. So I just wanted to say thank you to everybody who is subscribed and showing your support. It means a lot to me. I love that we have such a cool community and I love interacting with all of you in our Facebook group, Actually Adultish Podcast Nation, which you should totally join if you haven't already. It's super fun. And a lot of people ask how they can support the show and there are a few different ways you can. First, you can become a patron of the show at patreon.com slash actually adultish and you can pledge any amount of money that you want to the show. It helps support the production costs. It can be a dollar a month. It can be two dollars. It can be five, ten, whatever you want. Every little bit helps and helps me keep the show running so I can put out a free show for you every week. And you can also support the show just by doing your regular old Amazon shopping through the Amazon link in the show notes and on the website. Basically, the way that works is you just do your regular Amazon shopping. It doesn't charge you any extra, but part of that money that you spend will go towards this show and supporting it. So that's another easy way because we all do our Amazon shopping. We all know about that. So I'm super excited because this week's guest is truly incredible and I have been trying to get her on the podcast for a long time, but she's a very busy woman and I finally got her on and we had the best conversation. So this week's guest is Courtney Swan, who is the creator of realfoodology.com. If you are into food Instagrams on Instagram, I'm sure you've seen her. If you don't already follow her, her handle's Real Foodology. She also has a YouTube channel and she's all about educating people about the food industry and teaching people how they can eat healthy, find real food. She's just an amazing food activist and she's also an integrative nutritionist. She received her master's of science in nutrition and integrative health from Maryland University of Integrative Health. And she's also the nutritionist and personal assistant to Tove Lowe. So she's been on tour with Tove for quite some time now, traveling the world, getting some healthy eats. Insane. She's such a cool human and we had such an amazing conversation. And like I said, I've been asking her for a while. She could come on and she's wanted to, but she has an insane schedule because she's all over the world and on different time zones and... Yeah, I was just really, really happy that she took some time out of her day when she was in LA just for a short minute to talk to me because I totally get how you travel the world and then you're back home for like a week and you probably just want to hole up and not talk to anybody. But she so graciously gave me some of her time. So I tried to capitalize on it and got a ton of great information from her. This conversation really fired me up and just reminded me why I personally am so passionate about this and food and health and nutrition and just spreading awareness. And I just think that everything that Courtney is doing is really incredible and really important. And this is a big issue in our nation. American food is messed up. So Courtney has a lot of great info. So 
It's a long interview, but every minute is great. And I really hope you guys like it. But before we get into it, I just want to remind you about my friend Amy's course, Digital Nomad Nutritionist, which again is very relevant to today's guest. So if you're a health coach or an NTP, a nutritionist, you just love wellness and you want to turn that passion into a business, you want to work online, you want to work from anywhere, the same way Courtney travels the world. And there are a lot of other nutritionists and health coaches who like to travel around and do the work from everywhere and it gives them so much more flexibility. And it's just amazing to be able to have your own business and do what you love from anywhere. And so if that's something you're interested in, I really recommend you check out Amy's course, Digital Nomad Nutritionist. And in that course, she basically teaches you exactly everything you need to know in order to build up your online nutrition business and turn your side hustle into your full-time thing if it's just a side thing you're doing right now and it's totally self-paced 100% online you will learn every single thing you need to know she'll teach you how to set up a website get an email list growing figure out a blogging strategy how to find your audience and grow your social media build a personal brand without a really expensive designer or any designer for that matter, and more. So she really graciously offered $100 off the course for all actually adultish listeners. And if you're interested in checking it out, then go to the link that's in the show notes and you can get your $100 off that way. Or you can go to bit.ly slash digital nomad CR with a capital CR and it's the same link. So Again, bit.ly slash digital nomad CR with a capital CR or just click the link in the show notes and it'll take you right to the course and you can learn more about it and I cannot recommend it enough. It taught me so much and I have a lot of friends who have used it and everybody loves it and Amy's a genius. She knows what she's talking about when it comes to growing an online business and yeah, I think you guys will love it. So let's hop into the interview with Courtney and I hope you guys like it. Hello, Courtney. Hey, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? Good. It's so weird being in somebody else's space. Like, but. usually when I'm podcasting, I'm in my own apartment. Right now, we're in Courtney's place, and you have the perfect Bachelor in Paradise setup. <laughs> I'm like imagining. Do you watch BIP? Awesome. Oh, for sure. Okay, good. Because sure. you have like a prime couch situation. I'm really impressed. We have a lot of space. But, you know, actually, I usually end up doing it at my friend's house, doing oh. it, watching Bachelor yeah. Paradise at my friend's house. But um, I might be doing it this Sunday, actually, because she's out of town. So. Oh, so you're the host? Well, yeah, you have a setup. So, yes. Courtney Swan, for those of my listeners who don't know you, why don't you give a little intro about who you are? Yeah. So uh, my name is Courtney. I am the creator behind Real Foodology, and I also travel with Tovlo as her um, nutritionist and personal assistant. When you say that to people, like, what do they? What's the first thing they ask? <laughs> you know, it, it's a mixture of who is Tovlo, or oh my god, how did you get that job, yeah. and what does your day to day look like? So how did you get that job? Yeah. So there is kind of a long backstory to it. So I will try to um, condense it as much mm -hmm. as I possibly can. But um, basically the short story is her tour manager um, who got the job separately, he started working with her before I did, is a really good friend of mine that I've known for uh, 12 years now. And we knew each other through touring. So I have a background of being a tour manager for various bands. 
And I met him back in the day when I was just simply um, working as a tour manager. And when he started working with Tove, he just sent me an email one day and said, hey, you know, I'm, I'm starting to work with this artist Tovlo. Maybe you've heard of her. At the time, I was like, oh, my God, yeah, I maybe. love her. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, I've heard, heard one of her. or two songs. Like, Have I ever? Yeah. Um, and he was like, we're looking for a girl that has experience with touring, but also can help us stay healthy on the road and kind of act as like a third hand with whatever else needs, you know, yeah. to be done. So I think that's so cool that to, I don't know much about touring. Obviously, is that like a normal thing to have a nutrition, like a health person along with you? No. Okay. That's why I'm like, that is so cool. And everybody needs that. So yeah. that was amazing. And when he asked you that, was there, what was your first reaction? Were you like, hell yes, I'm doing this. Or were you kind of like, I don't know. You know, I have to be fully transparent. When I first got that email, it was a mixture of holy shit, this yeah. is really, really amazing. And I'm super excited about it. But also, do I want to go on tour again? Yeah. <laughs> because it is, I originally left the touring lifestyle because it's so hard to stay healthy. Mm -hmm. And I had gotten really, really into health and wellness. And I knew that I wanted to make a career out of it. Mm -hmm. So um, it was definitely a mixture of, oh God, what am I getting myself into? But like, I feel like I have to do this. Yeah. And so, how long was the tour going to be? The initial one that uh, that they brought me on for was a month and a half. Okay. But long term, I mean, how long have you been doing this now? So I've been with her just about two years now. We're basically on the two-year mark this month. Oh, so. my gosh. And then when does it when does it end? I mean, it's indefinitely. It's indefinite. That's yeah. crazy. How does that feel like having an indefinite? You know what I mean? Just like always traveling. You know, it's a mixture of excitement and fun. And also, I have kind of... I've gotten to a point where... <laughs> I'm so exhausted that part of me is like, oh, I want to stay home for a little bit. But it's such a catch-22 because I really love it. Mm -hmm. I love it. So, um, but I, I'm also, I'm very fortunate in the fact that I love where I live too. I love living in LA and I love when I come home. Um, so whenever I do come home and it's time for me to leave again, I'm like, oh, I don't want to leave my friends. I don't want to leave, you know, being able to <laughs> just yeah. grab clothes out of a closet. Because when I travel, I completely live out of a suitcase, which is... Oh God! Yeah. yeah, but it really makes you appreciate being here more. It like does when you're home. It really does. And in the second that I get back on the road, and the people that I travel with are like my family. So the mm -hmm. second we're all back together, it's like oh, everything makes sense again, and it's yeah. great. Yeah. So, so when you first when you got that email, like what were you doing? So at the time, I was living in Nashville actually, and I was tour managing a band. Well, Third Eye Blind, because mm -hmm. I was tour managing them. Okay. <laughs> But, okay <laughs> you might know that <laughs> you might have heard of them um but at the time that I was tour managing them they they weren't doing any full-time tours so basically my life was living in Nashville during the week and then I would leave on weekends and we would do these one-off shows so I would fly out for the weekend work a show and then come back so um it was amazing for me at the time because it gave me so much time to focus on real foodology my blog mm -hmm. so that's really when I was starting to hustle yeah my side you know my real foodology my Instagram my blog and all that um and then I would fly out on weekends with them and then it was so the timing it's so funny how life kind of like just lines up for you in the perfect timing when I got that email for Tove I was originally going to do a tour with third eye blind and then but it, it, to be perfectly honest i was dreading it because i didn't want to leave what i was doing with real foodology and i knew that the second that i went out on the road as a tour manager that any anything that i was doing with my blog was just going to completely go to mm -hmm. the wayside like i just as a tour manager you're you're basically on call 24 7 yeah 
And I was very concerned about what was going to happen with that. Cause that really is where my passion lies is, mm-hmm. you know, health and wellness and spreading the word, you know, the various things that I talk about on my blog, I just feel are so important for people to hear. And when I got that email about Tove, I was like, Oh, this is amazing yeah. because they want me to focus on food and health and wellness. So I could do both, both essentially yeah. at the same time. Yeah. Okay. So many things to, to, take out of this okay (laughs) so let's talk about real foodology for a second just like backtrack for people who maybe if people haven't been to your blog can you talk about how you got started with that yeah so as with I feel like most blogs it started as a hobby for me um I started it in 2011 which at the time people weren't really doing blogs I mean Mm -hmm. they were and there were definitely blogs but it was not as saturated as it as it is now yeah it was so different yeah it was so different (laughs) back then And at the time it just, it kind of started from this like just burning passion to really share what I had to say and, and share my opinion about the the food industry. Um, it was right around the time that I was starting to really learn about what was going on in our country as far as food goes and just how much our, just how much control our food, you know, food industry had in general. Mm And I just felt like I needed somewhere to put that out there. So at the time it really was, it was a hobby and I would, you know, I was trying to kind of push it a little bit, but I didn't really know what to do. And I was also at the time a full-time student. So I didn't have a ton of time and I was also working on top of that. Although now that I think about it, it's exactly what I've been doing for the last like two years, but it was just, I was in a different headspace at the time. And, um, so it was kind of a hobby for a few years. And then once my Instagram started getting more traction Uh is when I started realizing, okay, this is more than just a hobby. I feel like I could actually make something out of this. Yeah. So, but what did you grow up eating healthy? I did, but I was very resistant to it. My mom loves to tell this story. Okay. So she get your mom on here. I know. My mom, and she <laughs> loves to remind me of this too. It's so funny. She still to this day reminds me of this. But when That's I was her growing job. up, exactly. I'm like, mom, stop. It. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So she was, she's always been very health conscious and I was always that kid growing up that had the weird off-brand organic cereals that nobody's ever heard of <laughs> that we would get at like, it, this was that. before even Whole Foods was a thing. Yeah. Like, there was, I think maybe one Whole Foods and we would every once in a while take a trip there because I grew up in San Antonio, which is an hour outside of Austin, which is where Whole Foods started. Mm-hmm. But at the time we didn't even have Whole Foods. We would go to this like weird, I remember complaining all the time that it like smelled really bad. It was yeah. like this weird, like hippie organic market. She was ahead of the time. She was really ahead of the time. You lucky girl. It was, yeah. I mean, I look back on it and I've, I honestly, I'm just so thankful for it because even though at the time I was resistant of it and this going back to the story that my mom loves to tell, I had a best friend growing up who would eat Burger King, McDonald's, um, you name it, every fast food (laughs) every night for dinner, like literally every night. So she had the whole collection of McDonald's beanie babies. She had all the, you know, all the toys throwback to those happy meals. (laughs) So bad, but also such a good marketing tactic, right? Oh, Oh, it's so messed up, but I mean, kudos. Yeah, it worked. I know. God, but I mean, and so I, I mean, she tells me all the time that I would have full blown fits about it. Like just, oh, I want McDonald's. Like my friend gets it every night for dinner and this and that. Nah, 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 yeah. nah. 
And then now, you know, I'm at a point obviously in my life where it's such a huge thing for me and just knowing, reading all the research now and how important it is to start eating really well in those like really vital, important growing years. And not to say that you can't fix or repair that, but just knowing what I know now, I've just constantly am like, thank you mom for not yeah. letting me eat McDonald's or, you know, and that's not to say I never had it, but it was just, it, I mean, we, it was so rare. Yeah. So what started getting you interested in learning about what was going on with the food industry, you know, and like getting passionate about learning about that? Yeah. So like what made that switch? You okay. Know? So it, it started in college for me. Um, as with everyone else, I gained the freshman, uh, I would say like 20. <laughs> it was yeah. bad. Um, and at the time, you know, it was just kind of recklessly, you know, eating and drinking however I wanted. And as time went on, I started, I just started kind of connecting the dots and my mom, again, my, my mom is really like, she's awesome. She's amazing. (laughs) And she really fueled a lot of that for me because she, despite the fact that it would make me so mad and annoyed, um, what she used to do when I was in college and this is before, so we had email, but it was not to the extent now that we use it. Yeah. I remember back then, like barely using email to like email my professors or something. Uh And my mom would cut out news articles about health and wellness and put them in an envelope and mail them to my apartment. Oh my God. And she was living in Texas at the time. Fabulous. And I was in Colorado. Yeah. Wow. And at the time I'd always be like, Oh God. Yeah. But I would read them and it just slowly started kind of, it it started making, I just made a shift. I started making baby steps. I mean, I will never forget. My mom sent me an article about hydrogenated oils, which is a huge thing now. Mm -hmm. And this was my, this is how far ahead of the game my mom was. This had to, had to have been 2006. Mm -hmm. No, no. 2004. She sent me an article about hydrogenated oils and was like, please stop eating these. Here's an article about why they're so bad for you. So I was that weirdo friend, like 2005 telling yeah. all my friends, like you guys have to stop eating hydrogenated oils. And everybody's like, what is that? Oh my God. Do you remember where that article was from? Like what, what media was putting that out there? I can't I even don't. believe that Isn't that was that wild. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's crazy. She must've been in some obscure journal. Like I can't even, I know, but isn't it funny looking back and it's like when everybody told you, you were the weird person and like you were lying basically. And you yeah. look like, I think about when I first started getting healthy, like just a few years ago and I would try and tell my parents, you know, you shouldn't be eating that. And it's like, this is stuff that's not like obscure now, but yeah, even back then it, it was. was like, what are you talking? You're so weird. That's so strange why do you you know like i'm like what are you talking like oh it's so like this is real food yeah. like, what you guys are eating i would deem as exactly. really weird yeah exactly like not okay and then you real. look back and you just keep thinking you're like fine i won't argue with you now but yeah. in five years you're gonna look back and be like i should have listened to her five years ago because you know and i love <laughs> that you brought that up it, this is so interesting to me but I had friends who were so resistant of it back mm-hmm. then. And then throughout the years, some of the people who I never thought would come around, they reach out, they reach you. out, they'll send me an email, they'll yeah. send me a Facebook or whatever it is. And, and here's the thing. I hope that I don't sound like I'm being snarky because no. I love it. I'm like mm-hmm. anyone that wants to talk to me about it. I will talk to you about it till your ears fall yeah. off. Like, I want everybody to know, but it just, it is really interesting because yeah. I got made fun of so much I for it back then and gave so much crap about it. And now it's like, yeah. The biggest thing, which is so funny. And I think it's funny for me. It was like some of the people who were the hardest on me and were really going after me now are the ones who are like really trying to be my number one supporter and really trying to get information out of me. And I'm like, yeah. hmm, 
like, you made a yeah, yeah yeah like you were just silent back then you were like a little mean yeah. but yeah no that's funny okay so then i'm trying to get your whole timeline okay so then how did you start getting into like to, like tour managing okay so <laughs> You know, it's funny, a lot of my life and my jobs that I've had have really um, been due to like friendships that Mm -hmm. I've made, honestly. So I, when I was in college, um, while I was still, as I was slowly starting to get into health and wellness, I still had more of a passion to pursue music at Mm -hmm. at that time. So um, I started immersing myself in um, just anything that I possibly could related to that industry. So I got an internship at a record label that I loved and I moved to LA, um, on, on a summer break in between my, I think it was like my junior and senior year of college. And as I started doing this, you know, I started making connections with people in the music industry and I, and then on a side note of this, I had some really good friends, these two guys, Sean and Nat, who are actually still some of my best friends to this day. And they had started this band and they slowly started getting re- like a ton of national attention. Mm-hmm. Um, it was so funny because they literally just started out performing in basements. And the next thing we knew they were on MTV and all this stuff. And they just happened to be some of my really close friends. And at the time they knew one, how much I wanted to work in music and just how much I'd been immersing myself in it. So they kind of saw me as an asset because I had been doing so much of my like, you know, just throwing myself in that industry kind of. And so they asked me to go on tour with them and It's so funny because at the time I literally had no idea what I was doing (laughs) and in their defense, they didn't either. Yeah. (laughs) So like none of us had ever gone on tour before and we were all just like, well, here we go. And thankfully, because I had made all those friendships, I had a ton of friends that were already working as tour managers. So Mm -hmm. I immediately sent out emails to everyone I knew, sent, you know, phone calls and everything. And I was just like, help, what do I do? Like send me all your spreadsheets. What do I do? Um, and then from there, I just kind of learned how to do it by being thrown into it. So, that's so cool. So then, okay. So you're, so you've been, have you been like tour managing like basically forever since then? Pretty much. Yeah. Okay. So I did that. I worked for with 303 for two years and then I was with this other band, the Somerset for about two and a half years. And then I briefly had worked for this other singer. So it was kind of like once you start working in that industry, you'll kind of bounce around with different bands depending on that band's touring cycle. Mm -hmm. Um, So like if somebody's in the studio, they're not on the road, then maybe you'll go out with another band or something. So I did that for, I think it was about five years, I guess. And then uh, after, once I started really getting into health and wellness, I I finally hit a point where I was like, okay, this is not conducive with my lifestyle anymore. I'm really... I really want to be healthier, live a healthier lifestyle. And I want to learn how to help other people Mm -hmm. as well. So I quit the road and I went back to school and God, it was like, I mean, I'm obviously I'm so glad that I did it, but those two years were so rough. I don't know how you did that because I, so tell, what were you studying to become for people? So I initially started out on the RD path, Uh which is a registered dietitian. If people don't know what that is. And that's kind of the standard. Um, if you want to be a nutritionist, that's pretty much like the standard conventional route that you go. And as of right now at this moment in time, it is the the best credential, I guess I would say for nutrition, Mm -hmm. but that's definitely changing. And I will explain why if you want me to, but Um, so I, because I had an undergrad in communication, I didn't have any of the science background to even apply for the master's program for, Mm -hmm. for nutrition. So I went back, I did all of the prerequisites, which was just 
two years of chemistry hell. I mean, it was chem one, chem two, biochem, organic chem, anatomy and physiology. (laughs) And it was all one after the other. It wasn't like normally when people do that, they do it across four years and they, you know, pad it with other classes. I was just like fully in it. And I was like, Oh, Oh why am I doing this? Yeah. But obviously I'm really glad that I did it. And then after I got through that, um, did so you do that full time? Were you working while you were doing that? It was. Yeah. And that's actually right at the time I started real foodology. That was all during this time. Okay, so literally, I was killing well, like, myself. <laughs> like literally, did you do it at night? Like what? Like, I don't even get how you time manage that. I will never forget this for the rest of my life. And I, and I feel like this may not even be significant to anyone else listening, but it's so significant to me in my life because at this moment I had no idea what I was doing, mm-hmm. but looking back on it, I will never forget. There was one night I was up really, really late. I had, yeah, I had worked, you know, I'd, I'd gone to school all morning. I had worked until like 10 at night and I came home and I'd been wanting to start this blog forever. I had kept telling my boyfriend I was going to start this blog and I still hadn't. I finally just hit a point where I was like, I'm pulling the trigger tonight. And I stayed on my computer till probably like four in the morning. And I mean, and this is the night I came up with real foodology. Like I was just for weeks, I had been racking my brain. What am I going to name it? How am I going to start this? And I remember like that was when that was the night I, I finally like made my blog. I put it up. I spent hours like crying over it. Like, Oh, like, how do I do this? What am I doing? And at the time I was like, why am I doing this? It's like five in the morning and I have school the next day. And like, this is so not worth it. Like, what am I doing? Yeah. And then now, you know, I fast forward. And I'm like, I had no idea that it was going to turn into this. No, thank God you did it. That's crazy yeah. though. Cause it's like you were doing so much and then you decide to add one more thing. Yeah. I was your just plate. like, God. but when you're passionate about it, like you just do it. Right. Well, exactly. Like, exactly. Just, I felt at that point I was like, I, I have to do this. Like, yeah. There's just no other way. And so, well, it's funny because actually just the last episode I recorded, um, I was talking to one of the main topics we covered were what are the differences between an RD and an NTP, which is what my friend is Mm -hmm. and what I'm starting to become. Oh, that's Um, awesome. But if you want to talk maybe about like why you went away from the RD route, I'm interested for your opinion. Okay. Yeah. So I, so like I said, initially I wanted to be an RD and as I was doing all these prerequisites, I was doing it through, um, a major university. I was at Texas state and essentially I had to complete all of these prerequisites in order to be considered for the master's program in the first place. And as I was going through these classes, I was also thrown into some nutrition classes because those were some of the prereqs. And I just, you know, I started to realize that I, I was like, I just, <laughs> like, how do I word this? Like, take it. <laughs> without just being like, yeah, yeah. No, um, honestly, just say it. Like, I'm no BS. Yeah. Well, I just, so I was, we were being taught all these really old school mm-hmm. um, education, or I'm sorry, nutritional beliefs mm-hmm. that were, that have since been disproved scientifically. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when I was in these nutrition classes, they were still teaching us to promote low fat diets. Yeah. And I was sitting through these classes, pulling my hair out, <laughs> surrounded by all of these girls, well, and guys too, um, who it made me really upset because a lot of them were totally clueless. Mm-hmm. They would come to classes with their Lunchables and Nutrigrain bars, and I would be there with my like quinoa salad, and everyone would crowd <sighs> yeah. around me and be like, what? the F are you eating right now? Especially in that, that kind of space. It's like, there's almost this attitude. I don't know how to explain it. Like a superior, like I know more about nutrition than you or like, do you know what I'm saying? Totally. I've definitely felt that. I felt very, very isolated. Mm -hmm. And I have to admit, 
um, that that was some of the reason that made me want to go a different route because I just suddenly, cause I had been so excited. I was like, yes, I'm going to be studying around these people. You know, my people were also mm-hmm. passionate about this and then, you know, come to turn. And, and I, I want to preface this by saying this was just my experience. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of RD programs, you know, where it'll be, you'll have a totally different experience. Mm-hmm. But for me, I just, I hit a point where at, at one instance I've started to to question why I was even doing nutrition anymore. Like mm-hmm. it, it literally burned out my fire. It, it, like, yeah. So that's it how was you know just, you shouldn't be doing it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's burning out your passion because it was just everything that I was learning about. I would go home and then do the research and look up these, you know, updated research about, for yeah. example, like the power of a, of a high fat diet. And I just, I couldn't sit through it anymore. Mm-hmm. So what I ended up doing was I pulled out of that pro. Well, I finished all my prerequisites cause I knew no matter what, that I was going to need the prereqs to apply for any sort of master's program that I wanted to do. So I yeah. finished that out. I opted to not do the RD because I just, it was not in line with my beliefs. And, and I also want to say this too, I'm not trash talking the RD certification at all. Like mm-hmm. I hope anyone that's listening that is an RD, that is not my intention at all. This mm-hmm. is just 100% my the way that I experienced it and it wasn't the right path for me but I think that it's a great path for a lot of people and if you do get the RD credentials you can do whatever you want afterwards so like if you do decide to do it I think it's a great thing to do but it just like I said it wasn't for me um and so what ended up happening was I took a year off and I, I didn't like set out to be like okay I'm taking a year off I just kind of was like uh okay so I'm gonna take out. this time off I'm gonna yeah. figure this out and you know and <laughs> My dad at the time was just, my dad's very business minded and very like, no, you have to do it the traditional route. I mean, how I <laughs> even like my dad's kid is yeah. mind blowing. Cause I never <laughs> go along like the set route. I'm always on yeah. my off, own, like off beaten path. Literally, <laughs> literally, which drives him nuts. But he also has recently been like, okay, kudos. Like yeah. he found a way. Um, but so at the time he was like, what the fuck are you doing like just finish the program then you do whatever you want and I was like no I just can't it's not in line with me and you know I have to say I'm really glad that my dad did push me in that aspect because initially I was thinking oh it's fine I'm just gonna do this like you know health coaching certificate or whatever and again not trashing that if it works for you it works for Mm -hmm. you but I just knew that I wanted something that was um very very grounded in science like I I just wanted a really in-depth education, but I wanted it to have a holistic and integrative, integrative approach. Mm -hmm. So essentially what I was looking for is the holistic integrative RD equivalent. Mm -hmm. And, um, thankfully, you know, every time I would, I would find these schools and my dad would, I'd bring him to my dad and he would just be like, no, like this looks like garbage. And I have to admit that is kind of my issue with the nutrition education in general right now, because it really is, you go the RD route or like, you end up just getting some certification that you, you know, study a couple weeks online and you get to print offline, you know? And, and that's why it's so hard because it's like within all of those different types of certifications there in every type of certification, there are people who don't know what they're talking about at all. Yeah. And then people who do know a lot about what they're saying, but don't have a high enough certification to be like credited exactly. with how much they know. Like, I mean, I was just talking about this. I, well, I talk about this all the time. Like some of the people I admire most in the health and wellness space 
have no certification like some the, the smartest you know people that we yeah. like read and look up like to Dave Asprey, yeah exactly like you smartest know smartest man I yeah, know in wellness right exactly now. and yeah. what certification do these people they don't have any but and I don't I don't care because I read everything they they've you know I, I know exactly. but other people don't know that so they'd be yeah. you know so that's why I I just I agree with what you're saying is my point yeah no thank you <laughs> I love that yeah so um but you found so so but you finally found a program that you felt yeah I actually I ended up finding like three different programs that I was really into and then I just ultimately landed on one and to be honest at the time I don't even remember what made me pick one over the other I think Mm -hmm. I just was looking at all the classes and saying okay these kind of seem like they're in line with what I really want to study and what they were offering and so I ended up at Maryland University of Integrative Health Mm -hmm. and I loved too that they had an online program so they have a campus and then they also have an online program and with what I do with traveling and everything I just like I couldn't uproot and you know move to a campus so yeah I really liked that and how long was that program so you can do it in as little as two years Uh I did three years just because of my Travy my my crazy (laughs) travel schedule yeah (laughs) Travy yeah you should (laughs) my Travy schedule um yeah with my crazy travel schedule I just I needed something that I could do remotely yeah and you just finished and congratulations thank you seriously it's like I really admire that because I would love to get that sort of like but I just mentally like I'm like I can't do like three years of a two to three years of intense I just mentally I'm burnt out so I mean I get it yeah I'm just like I can't so I really kudos to you (laughs) big time thank you well it was definitely not all I mean there were so many times where I would ask myself why the hell am I doing this yeah like, what am I doing? And obviously I had an end goal in sight and I, I knew ultimately why, but it was just, it, yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot. I mean, I really just like, I'm so curious. I want, let's talk about what it was like being on tour. Yeah. Just quickly. Let's just talk about how you time managed everything you were doing. Oh, like, God. cause you were balancing real foodology mm-hmm. and like touring and school. Like yeah. what did that, like, how were you doing that? Um, well, I barely survived. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, no I don't remember. I was blacked out most of it because I was so tired. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, well, you know, I was very lucky in the sense that a lot of what I was doing with real foodology was in line with what I was doing on the road. So mm-hmm. that definitely helped me out. Um, for example, you know, part of my job in the morning is getting up and finding healthy breakfast for, for Tove and I. And so, you know, what I would photograph what I found for breakfast and, you know, I'd photograph what we got for lunch and what we were eating and stuff. And because it was such a high priority for me on the road and as part of my job, then I was able to like quickly, you know, I would like run off and like take a photo really fast or something, you know, and then like edit it later when I had like five minutes or something to spare. Um, but yeah, so it was a lot of that. And then, you know, it was really, oh man, it was basically any time that I could have any sort of like free moment. Mm -hmm. I was just on my computer doing something. So, um, thankfully we had a stint where we were flying a ton. So I would literally just get a Wi-Fi code. Actually, this is so funny. I one time <laughs> was on a flight and I, I was so sick of buying the Wi-Fi every time that I like reached out to the customer service and I kind of had a little like sob story and I was like, look, I have 15 flights in the next 30 days. Yeah. I'm a student. I don't make that much money. And this is the only time I can study. Yeah. Can you help a girl out? <laughs> and this person sent me like 15 codes for the Wi-Fi. I That's could so not believe nice. it. I was like, oh, oh my God. I was like God. basically crying on the plane. Like, you're an angel. That is so nice. Yeah, it was incredible. So 
Um, so I was doing a lot of stuff on flights, you know, like two, three hour flights. I would literally just like hone in and do anything I could Mm. for school. Then, um, we, you know, when we did have days off, I would unfortunately, and this is what really sucked is we would be in these amazing cities and I would be cooped up in my hotel room studying. I mean, I remember just a couple months ago we were in Buenos Aires and I was just in my hotel room all day studying and I was just like, yeah, I could be outside, like enjoying this amazing country that I've never been to before, but I'm on my computer and I'm like, it's worth it. Yeah. You got to do it. Okay. That's really like, I'm just really impressed by you. Seriously. I can't tell you enough. (laughs) I appreciate that. But like, I want to know also what your job for Tove entailed more. Like, so, yeah. so for example, you had to find healthy breakfast in the morning. Like yeah. what else did, were you helping? With? Okay. So I, as I mentioned earlier, I do work as a personal assistant for her as well, mm-hmm. which is kind of, um, it's funny when they first brought me on her tour manager, the first day sat me down and he was like, so your job is kind of a work in progress. Mm-hmm. Um, you do you and I'll kind of like point you in certain directions along the way. And we're kind of just going to wing this as we go. I mean, being a personal assistant. Well, I don't know what it was like for you. For me, it's just like do, doing anything. Yeah. Good. Like literally anything and everything. And like literally 24 seven. Like, well, exactly. Being ready to go. Yeah. And it was kind of in. And, you know, initially when I first started out, I wasn't really her personal assistant. Like mm-hmm. I was more so just brought on to make sure everyone stayed healthy. Food was like my priority. It was like anything that had to do with food on the road, like I took care of. And that is still the case now. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it kind of morphed into me helping her because the busier that she's gotten, she just needs an extra hand. And what I do with the food does not take all day. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So as far as, I mean, I can kind of walk you through my regular day. So in the morning I'd get up and, and I want to preface this by saying that it, our days are so vastly different every single day that there really is no set thing that I do per se. There's kind of a a general theme throughout the day, but it all is dependent on, um, you know, one day we'll wake up in a hotel room and we'll, you know, have a show and she'll have to be there by noon or one. And so that will determine something differently versus if we have to get up and fly. Mm -hmm. So, but generally speaking, um, it's a lot of making sure that, you know, we have healthy breakfast somehow and whether that, (laughs) we'll get to that in a second. (laughs) So whether that be, you know, chia seed pudding or green juice. And I really lucked out in the sense with Tove that she and I, have pretty much the exact same taste palette and both enjoy the same foods. So it's literally to the point now where like wherever I go, I just buy her what I buy myself. Yeah, that's so nice. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So breakfast in the morning and then, you know, depending on what time we had to be at the venue, either I would go find us a healthy lunch. A lot of times she and I I'll find a spot somewhere in a city and she and I will go for a walk. One of my favorite things, one of my favorite memories from this last tour that we did, she and I, Um, we had been flying, I think for like 24 hours before that, like something insane. Yeah. And we were both just like, Oh, we just want to get outside. I mean, the sunshine, we just want to walk. And I found this amazing food place that was like a 10 minute drive or like, or maybe it was like a 15 minute drive in like an hour walk. And we were just like, we're walking. Mm -hmm. So we walked an hour to this place, got amazing lunch. And so that's part of my thing is either I find a place and I go pick it up personally if she's too busy in an interview or whatever it is, or she and I will, you know, make an excursion out of it and go to lunch or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, depending on if, if we have a show day, uh, sometimes we'll have catering, but if we're in the U S I avoid a catering like plague. Mm-hmm. I don't <laughs> um, blame you. Yeah. <laughs> and, and if we do have it, I'm literally like, if you don't serve me organic, we're not eating. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I love that. Like it is not happening. Oh my god. Um, but it's different when we're in the in uh, the UK. I actually, well, actually in in Europe in general, I usually opt for the catering because mm-hmm. a lot of times it is amazing and more than half the time it's organic and you know freshly grown and just they have completely different standards there but so a lot of this is me advancing this ahead of time so um, perfect example we're playing a festival in Sweden in two weeks and I'm on emails right now hammering out all the details with all the food and stuff so um, whether whether that be catering and then we have something that's called a rider which I feel like a lot of people are probably at least somewhat aware of you know hearing about band riders but Mm -hmm. essentially it's a um, a written up list of all the food that you want in your dressing room yeah and I mean, it literally can be pretty much anything you want. Like I put, I put chia seeds on there sometimes. Yeah. Like I have, you know, organic fruit on there and our favorite Jackson's coconut oil, yeah. sweet potato chips. I mean, it's really like anything you want. So, um, it's just a lot of like snacks and food that we want in the food that or in the room it. that day. I'd love to see your writer. I'll Wait, show to you. Yeah. It was, so was Tove, has Tove always been a healthy eater? Or was, did she like, did they bring you on to try and like help her get healthier? She's always been a really healthy okay. eater. So she's Swedish and just the way that they eat in Sweden is just so different than the way we eat here. Yeah. Um, but she definitely, it was more that they didn't know how to navigate healthy eating in the U S because there's so many things now that we have to worry <laughs> about. <of> do. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Well, I'm so flattered by this. She told me this story and I mean, I got tears in my eyes cause I was just so, I was just so flattered by it. But when they first started touring here in the U S and then they all went home. She said that like all of them went home, like not even be able to like button their pants really, you know, and oh they're, and this is coming from people that they eat well anyways. Like these are, like when they go out, they're accustomed to like ordering salads or whatever. It's not like they were eating like Mm -hmm. Taco Bell and stuff, Mm -hmm. you know? And when they brought me on the last show that we had was, um, I don't remember where it was, but her parents had flown over from, from Sweden and came out to the show. And she told me that her parents were just like, what happened to you guys? Were you guys like not, are you guys not eating? Yeah. Like what's going on? Everybody looks so healthy and they look so oh happy. Everybody's glowing yeah, and all this stuff. And she was just, she told her parents, she was like, it's Courtney. Like oh. Courtney just came in and like revamped our whole rider, yeah. made sure that we had access to healthy food all the time. And it just like made all the difference. I mean, I started crying. I was no, like, no, oh I would God. too. Well, it's insane how powerful good food is. And yeah. okay. That, I mean, this is what I want to get into, but really quickly before we get into that whole thing. Yes. Do you have any tips like when you're looking for a healthy breakfast or lunch spot in another country? How do you find somewhere? Yeah, like for so people who are traveling. I kind of I have like a little system. So initially, what I first do is check Yelp, mm-hmm. but I want to say be careful with Yelp because in my experience, there's a lot of Yelp doesn't seem to be updating as much as they used to. Yeah, I feel like it's not. Yeah. So what I've been doing is I initially go to Yelp. I kind of gather a list. So I'll look at the reviews. And the first thing I type in is organic. Mm-hmm. I will literally just search organic in my general vicinity. And and I love just typing organic because then everything will come up. Restaurants come up, you know, health food markets, um, juice bars, like yeah. anything that's organic near you will pop up. And then from there, I'll read the reviews and I'll kind of have like a loose list of kind of what Mm. I feel like I would want. And then I take it into Google just to make sure it's actually still a restaurant. Yeah. Because I've had too many times where I just relied on Yelp and then we would walk there and it would be like permanently closed Mm. or they weren't open that day or whatever it was. So always check it in Google just to make sure. Um, 
Yeah. And so it's kind of just like a reading the reviews and then looking at the menus. And then from there, I kind of just like garner this little list. And then what I've been doing for our band and crew is I have this list and I always list off, you know, a couple different food restaurants to go to, um, a juice bar or two. And then I always have like a coffee shop on there and I'll, I'll send an email out to our band and crew and say, Hey, you know, this is all the healthy spots near us. This is how far they are, this and that. And, um, yeah. And so that's kind of my okay. system for finding cool. it. Okay. So let's get into food abroad versus in America. Ooh, this is my favorite I subject. don't even, I honestly don't even know where to start. Like, this is like why I want, I want you on here, but maybe, okay. I don't even know where to begin with this. <laughs> what, where's your favorite place to eat? What's your favorite country to eat in? Oh, um, I would say any of the Scandinavian countries in general. So, um, Finland, Sweden. Um, what is that? What are their diets like? I, I'm like? Oh my gosh. I need to know. So, you know, they actually by default eat pretty high fat diets mm-hmm. without even actually like really trying. Like I feel like in the U S now it's like you have to seek out like a high fat yeah. meal, but you know, it's a lot of, um, wild caught fish, um, greens. And, you know, and this isn't to say that they don't have unhealthy eating habits as well, but it's just compared to the U S I mean, it is like light years of a difference. Yeah. And the, the reason why I love, I love the way that they eat over there so much is that they, they really do put such an emphasis on the healthiness of their food and they don't spray with pesticides mm. like we do. I mean, what, one of the most widely used herbicides that we use in this country is glyphosate or better no, known as Roundup. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't even exist there. They don't use it. I mean, we were at, we were at a music festival recently in, I think it was in Denmark And this was like, okay, so I walk into the catering and they have no idea who I am whatsoever. Like, you know, they don't know my, my love for organic food and everything. And the first thing that the woman says to me as she hands me a plate, she's like, this is all organic. We picked all of this, you know, in a garden nearby and everything is made from scratch. And I was just like, you're speaking my, oh, my language. And that's just how they are over there. There's just an emphasis on having organic, real food. Are there any countries that you went to that were similar to the U.S. in the quality of their food? Or is it pretty much everywhere that's broad better? Yeah, I mean, okay, so I would say uh, South America was pretty bad, too. Okay. They use a lot of sugar over oh, there. Oh, I a see. A lot of sugar. Um, so, and you know, in every country kind of has their differences. I would say Australia um, is coming up close to us as well. And granted, they... I say that, but they also on a different spectrum are doing really well with a lot of things. But again, Australia uses a lot of sugar and, um, there was another thing I can't remember. I was going to say something else about Australia, but I, I can't remember, but, um, yeah, but I will say they at the same time are pretty conscious of eating really well. Like you can mm-hmm. pretty much walk to any corner of any street and find an acai bowl and find avocado toast with pasteurized eggs and they love halloumi over there oh my god (laughs) every restaurant you go to has halloumi yeah i always see that on instagram i'm like that looks so good it's so good okay maybe okay let's talk about the u.s 
food industry. Oof. What yeah. are, let's just like, I want you to just like list out some of the problems you have with the state of the food industry in America. <laughs> okay. Well, I will, I will tell you the, the first thing that comes to mind because talking about cities abroad and something that makes me so, I mean, my blood is kind of boiling just thinking about it right now. Oh, so. good. I like you feisty. <laughs> <laughs> let's bring it. I'm Got the water. It. I'm ready. <laughs> yeah. So they actually, because there's different regulations for different countries versus ours, major food manufacturers, they literally produce different food for us in the U.S. than they do for other countries. So, and I'll explain what I mean by that. So, for example, let's say, I don't know, can I name brands? I yeah, mean, do it. Okay. So Kraft. They're not sponsoring me. <laughs> okay, good. I'm like, all right, I'm about to lay some no, heat on that. No, do it, them. do it. So, I like calling out people. <laughs> so Kraft Macaroni and Cheese. I, I know they've started making steps. I'm not, I don't even want to give them any validation, but just in case if anybody's like, oh, well, they like changed their formulation. Okay, so they've started making some steps, but like still, yeah. they're not great. But they sell a different macaroni and cheese box to uh, the UK than they do to the US. In the UK, they don't allow all the artificial dyes that they use to make it that like gross fluorescent orange like they do in the US. Yeah. You know what they use to dye it in the UK? Turmeric. Are you serious? Yes. And the reason why it makes me so fucking angry is that they're already making it. Yeah. And they can't just... So, so why do they do that? Because they can get away with it here because it's not as regulated here. So they're allowed to put that in their food and it's cheaper. So, and Jesus Christ. I know. And, and that's what makes me so mad is that what a lot of people don't realize is that with these larger food corporations, the health is not in their mind. Like mm-hmm. health is not their prerogative. They, they just stand for their bottom line. So when you go to the grocery store and you know, you pick up a food label and you see that it has all these fillers and preservatives, those don't serve anything else, but to make sure that that can stay on the shelf for mm-hmm. months on end without going bad. Mm-hmm. There is no health purpose for that whatsoever. Yeah. It is literally f- to line their pockets with money. Absolutely. And can you talk about labeling for a sec? Like, and people are like, well, it says, it says all natural, you know, it says Oof. organic, it says, and I'm like, that doesn't mean it's healthy, yeah. you know, you know, the, the all natural <laughs> thing drives me so nuts because there is no regulation. So mm-hmm. any company can say that they are natural and they're not, I mean, perfect example, Cheerios. I mean, they could write that they're, I, I don't even know, maybe they do say natural on there, Probably. but they're made from genetically modified yeah. ingredients. There's literally nothing natural about that, but there's no regulation for the wording. So companies can say whatever they want is natural. Yeah. It's, it actually really scares me. And okay, maybe also, can you talk about what is, what is going to happen to people's bodies the more they consume these foods? Oh God. I mean, we're starting to see the effects of it now. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you know, it's really hard to track because there's also a lot of other factors involved, you know, a lot of environmental factors. So I'm not going to sit here and say, oh my gosh, it's all your food hundred percent. So it's hard to completely track it, but it's I will, a big part but it's a huge part. It's stuff, a huge part yeah, every day. Yeah. Well, and the science backs it up too. You can actually look at graphs online and see, um, the, the rise in, let's say like certain, um, autoimmune disorders. And when we started using pesticides mm-hmm. and it's, there's literally a direct correlation. When you look at it on a graph, they're both slowly moving up as yeah. we use more pesticides, we see more autoimmune disorders, um, and, and cancers too. I mean, and it's so funny because, you know, we're having this rise in all of these diseases and, you know, cancers and everything, and everybody's kind of scratching their heads going, Oh, well, I wonder why. Yeah. And then you look at what we're eating. 
I mean, I, I brought this up earlier, but I just feel like it's so important to mention glyphosate is so wildly used in our country right now that, I mean, they're spraying it on wheat literally right before they're harvesting it. So there was a company, um, third-party testing company recently that tested a lot of just major food brands. And I don't remember all of them, but I do remember one of them was Cheerios. Mm -hmm. And they were testing so high for for glyphosate on there that it was like charting uh, just off the charts, which is terrifying. And, and you think about all these mothers that are feeding their young children, yeah. they're essentially eating pesticides. Yeah. Well, it's just like, uh, it's hard it's really because pe- people get, and people get these diseases later on, but it's like, because it wasn't this, oh, I fell, broke my leg and that's why I broke my leg. It's I wake up one day and I have Graves disease. Why do yeah. I have this? Like people don't connect it to their food and they don't want to connect it to their food because they just don't see the connection. And that's why I feel like it's so important to talk about it now. And it's like, I try and talk to my friends and they're like, I'm fine. I feel fine. I'm like, well, you're not going to feel fine in 10 years. Exactly. You know, which is so scary. Well, and that's what's so hard about it and why it is so hard to convince people because it's not like you said, it's not an overnight thing mm-hmm. or it's not like a, you trip and fall and you have a bruise and mm-hmm. right away you, you see, see the it and you know exactly it. what it was. Yeah. yeah. And it's why we're seeing so many more, such rampant high, high incidences of disease now is because of the way that we're eating. And, you know, we keep hearing all of this stuff like, oh, you know, we never saw children before with cancer. Why are we seeing that? Or, you know, we never Mm -hmm. saw, you know, five-year-old kids with diabetes and Mm -hmm. it's, it's because of what we're eating. Yeah. No. And and back to the labeling thing, it's like, I mean, I I literally just got in a fight with my not going to say who family member <laughs> the other the other week because we we're arguing about how could she have a healthy breakfast and she's telling me I eat a healthy breakfast I have high fiber cereal with no. my skim milk and I'm like I don't even know what to say like I literally don't even know what to say because how do you you know your high fiber cereal or you know the low fat things still like that's yeah. just filled with sugar and it, let me just say low fat skim milk is basically sugar yeah, water literally it, it is just like it too i know it it's so like gross water. but okay what sorts of labels should people be looking for yeah i'm well i would say number one organic mm-hmm. um it is a felony for a company to claim to be organic when they're not so mm-hmm. um it is I'm not going to say that it doesn't happen that the companies label things that are organic that are not, but you know, there's only so much that we can do. And right now we just, you know, you have to trust that if a company says it's organic, then, you know, obviously you can do background research and stuff, but for the most part, I would say right now that you can trust organic because I don't think these companies would be wanting to put themselves in that position for if they got caught. Yeah. But also, but also just because it's organic doesn't doesn't necessarily mean it's healthy. Well, exactly. I see so much like organic mac and cheese. Oh, I know. I'm like, I know. Hmm. God. And that's how people justify buying this organic fruit snacks, organic, like, I know. I'm like, it's still sugar. Yeah. It's still, you're not going to get anything else out of that, but a high dose of sugar and mm-hmm. it's going to raise your blood sugar levels. Yeah. But so, um, well, my kind of my rule of thumb that I always say is if you look at the back of the ingredients and if you could technically make it at home, mm-hmm. then I would say that it's probably safe to buy. Yeah. And I, I mean, that. you know, you don't have to get into the logistics of it. Like, well, how would I like make these like, you know, organic cheeses or whatever? Yeah. Cheese is not a good, I'm, I'm thinking of the simple mills, like farmhouse uh-huh. cheddar crackers, for uh-huh. example. 
obviously you wouldn't, you probably physically wouldn't really know how to make those. But if you look at the back of the ingredients, you go, Oh, I literally have all of those in my pantry. Yeah. So if I really wanted to make these at home, I could. So that's kind of my general rule of thumb. If I'm buying packaged foods, I can look back at the ingredients and go, okay, I know what all of these are. I could make this at home if I wanted to. I don't want to because mm-hmm. I can buy this, but that's kind of, that's really my general rule, rule of thumb when it comes to shopping. Yeah. And so do you find like in other countries, are there these sneaky sugars and everything too? Is that an issue as much? Not as bad. Be- well, I would say it is starting to get worse because I have noticed. So I'm a. do you think that's because we are fucking everyone else up? I, I do. Yeah. yeah. Same. I'm like, cause Shit. we have, we have such an influence <laughs> yeah. on other countries, but there are a lot of countries that are very smart to it mm. and are looking at us right now going, wow, they're, <laughs> they're fucking up royally and we want to do something different. So hence why so many countries have banned GMOs, why so many countries haven't been using pesticides like we do, because they're looking at us as guinea pigs right now, because essentially we are. I just can't understand why other countries care enough to ban these things. And, and like, why we're not. Yeah. Like, I, I can't understand. I know. And, you know, and that's something that I struggle with a lot, but it, a lot of it comes down to money. But it's like lobbying. everybody, everybody has a money issue. Like, right. Like, isn't yeah. everybody always, obviously everybody wants to pay attention to the money but absolutely they well you know a lot of it too is just it's ingrained in the way that america functions in general i mean because mm-hmm. i look i've talked about this before with tove and her band who are swedish just the way that their country is ran they're not it's capitalism we're mm-hmm. they're not a capitalistic country like we are and a lot of the issue is that money really runs everything in our country it's and so up. <laughs> I know, and you know, and politics follow the money. Science follows the money. Mm-hmm. Another thing that drives literally me insane. Yeah. This study showed. Well, who was that study funded by, guys? Yeah, like exactly. I can't. That's why you have to be so careful about where you get your information now. Yeah. That's why I tell everyone, don't just believe everything point blank. Like. I know that it sucks, but we live in a time that you really have to do your own research to get the right answer. But what's scary is people think they're doing their own research, but I know. then they're like, where can you get information you can trust? Oof. I mean, that's a really good question. And I'm not even fully sure if I can answer that. I mean, I know. I don't even know either. Some of it is kind of just learn. I mean, some of it's trial and error. I mean, so I've been. I told you, you know, I started getting into health and wellness. Um, God, I mean, now it's probably been 11 years Mm -hmm. and it's been a lot of trial and error. I mean, there's been times where I've made mistakes and, you know, and found certain things and been like, Oh, you know, this health trend or whatever. And then realized, okay, I was kind of being duped a little bit. Do you have an example? Um, I mean, this is a really small example and maybe kind of silly, but it just the first thing that popped in my head. So I remember I was eating this, I used to, I loved this dark chocolate brand and I don't want to name any names because I don't want to blast them because I actually still really love them now because Mm -hmm. they've made changes. But when I was first really starting to get into all of this and I was, I mean, just very hyper aware of GMOs and like not wanting to have in my food. And I remember one time looking at the package of this and looking at the ingredients and being like, oh, they sweeten this with beet juice. Mm -hmm. And it didn't say anything about non-GMO. It didn't say anything about organic. And I had learned um, in all my studying that most of our beets in this country are GMO. So unless if you're buying organic beets, there is a very high chance that they're going to be genetically modified. And I actually went as far as emailing the company. And I said, hey, I saw that you guys sweetened with this. (laughs) I fucking love you. 
<laughs> Man, I just like you when are I get my kind of girl. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> I just love to do my research because yeah. I want to be fully informed and I want to know what I'm putting in my body because mm-hmm. it's very important. And I emailed them and I was like, "Hey, you know, is this GMO?" And they and thankfully they wrote me back and they were very honest and they were like, "You know, we're working on it right now. We don't use GMO or non-GMO beets right now, but it's definitely something we're working on." And I will say that a couple years later, they now are non-GMO certified and they use mm-hmm. organic and everything and it's awesome. But it is little things like that that you kind of have to just you kind of have to just learn to start becoming aware of things like that. Yeah. And it's like I feel like these things catch on like like the agave everyone was like oh. agave is the new thing it's so healthy oh, everybody so i used to pour agave on all my stuff like i was like oh this is so healthy you know 17 magazine told me this is the, the good yeah. sweetener and now i'm like oh my god know. you know like well and for some listeners listening now that may still not know this agave is one of the worst sweeteners that you could get it's basically the equivalent of corn syrup <laughs> Um, I would argue that it's worse for you than corn syrup because it's a higher amount of fructose than is even in corn syrup. Mm -hmm. And your body metabolizes fructose differently than it does glucose because your body's main source of energy is glucose. We don't use fructose as our main source of energy. And so um, what ends up happening is that it ends up getting stored as excess fat. You don't burn it off as energy. And now, I mean, that's one of the main things that's being studied right now with our obesity epidemic and with our diabetes epidemic is our excessive consumption of fructose because mm-hmm. it's in everything mm-hmm. mo- ma- mainly in the form of corn syrup but now agave i mean it's in all the health food yeah i know treats now and, and it people think it's nuts. a health food yeah no it kills me and the fact that it like scares me do you ever feel like because you're so entrenched in the health and wellness thing you like forget what 98 percent of america still Always. thinks is healthy like i genuinely forget that people still think it's calories in versus calories out and they <sighs> genuinely know. still think this like low calorie yogurt from yo play is like is healthy ideal. yeah like i forget I you know? know and you know what it makes me so sad yeah. too more than anything else because i remember i mean being in like high school and thinking all that stuff was healthy Same. And being miserable because nothing tasted good. It was all disgusting. I mean, when you buy, nobody likes buying those low calorie, like Splenda sweetened yogurts. I mean, okay. So maybe if you do like no judgment, but like, I think they're absolutely disgusting and I never thought they were good. Yeah. But you kind of just are like, oh, well, I guess like for the health of it, like, this is what I have to do to be healthy when in like, ironically enough, it's actually just total garbage. Yeah. And okay. I want to have this discussion too, in terms of macronutrient ratios let's talk about like i mean like what the, are other fit your macros thing well, or no i mean like how we're just so high in sugar and like how you're talking about how like in scandinavian countries like they live high fat lifestyles yeah. like i know you're a big proponent of like a high fat diet Love which it. i am as well and so i want to talk a bit about that yeah um maybe because i feel like that contributes a lot to why you know, you read all these things about, you know, like the French paradox, like why can they eat these foods and not <laughs> and be fat? Can. And we, and I'm like, you know, it all plays into that. The, oh, absolutely. Like, well, here's the thing. And this is what we're not taught in this country, which is very frustrating. It has to do with the quality of the food. Like mm-hmm. you said a minute ago, it's not about calories in calories out. Mm-hmm. And that has been scientifically debunked. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, you can literally, if you, if anyone listening who still is maybe unsure, just Google it, Google calories in calories out myth, and you will find article upon article. I mean, there's been research done about it. And the thing is, is that what we're realizing is 
your body is going to metabolize certain foods differently than others. Mm -hmm. So just because you have this, um, you know, calorie free diet Coke, instead of having, you know, your 200 calorie, um, let's say green smoothie, that's Mm -hmm. full of amazing ingredients for you. Your body is going to process that differently. Yeah. Just the same as your body would process, um, I don't know, like a hundred calorie granola bar versus like a handful of almonds for 200 calories. Like your body is going to get way more nutrients out of it, utilize it better. It's going to fuel your cells. You're going to have more energy as a result. And it's just, and two, you're going to be more satiated, which Mm -hmm. means, you know, satisfied for longer. Um, and so you won't end up eating more junk and crave more sugar. Mm -hmm. And that's what people, that's what a lot of, there's such a misconception with all of that lies and and in other countries they don't focus so much on calories as we do and I have to say this is again what I hate so much about our food industry it all comes back to marketing I mean you go to the grocery store and you're flooded with all these oh 100 calorie snack bags and this and that and I mean just everywhere you look it's like you know control your portions here control your portions here and ironically enough it's all this garbage that is scientifically produced to make you eat and crave more of it Mm -hmm. (laughs) but yeah, it's just in terms of okay. In terms of portions abroad, I'm always curious about this because some people are like, some people say, oh, in other countries they have such small, like they have way smaller portions. But then I've heard other people say, no, it's the same. They just have better food quality. Mm. No, I would say it's a mixture of both. There's definitely a, a higher there's a higher standard of quality for food abroad. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is because of what we talked about earlier. They just, they regulate their ingredients so much more. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, the portions are different. They're not as big. And that's not to say that there aren't places that you go that do have bigger portions. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember I went to Sweden, uh, I was in Sweden recently and I went to this restaurant, which is amazing by the way. I'm not even <laughs> talking crap about it. It was so good. Yeah. But the salad that they gave me was so massive that I ended up eating it for two meals, Yeah, which was awesome. It was super delicious, but yeah. So, I mean, obviously you'll find that, but for the most part, I would generally say they do have smaller portions there. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. And you know, when I talk about this, it's so interesting. It's really cool to travel with people from another country. So I told you Tova Swedish and her whole band is, and we talk about this all the time and they will every once in a while make little comments where, um, like, let's say, you know, we go to Starbucks or something and they will, they will order the small size and they'll make a joke and be like, this is our large in Sweden. <laughs> really? That's yeah. so interesting. It's crazy. I mean, we really, we do have bigger portions here. Okay. How would you compare, like, I guess maybe a really healthy restaurant. Well, okay. Let's play like, would you rather, would okay. you rather eat at the one of the quote healthiest restaurants in LA or New York say or an quote unhealthy restaurant in a Scandinavian country Ooh, I would I would go with an unhealthy place in Scandinavia why is that because the because of how they regulate their food in that country um, they don't even have these chemicals in their food system at all. So another thing, unfortunately, that we're having to worry about in this country right now is um, I'd mentioned earlier that there's a lot of third parties that are testing for levels of glyphosate in our food. Mm-hmm. And the problem is, is that we're spraying it so heavily right now that it's getting into our water system. It's getting into the soil. Um, when wind blows, it's blowing these crops into organic farms and then tainting those organic farms with the pesticides. So even when you're eating organic here, you're not fully immune to, 
Uh, you're just not fully going to be able to avoid pesticides altogether. And I'm not saying that they don't use any pesticides at all over there, but it's way more minimal and they have, they just, they regulate what is actually allowed in their food system versus what we're allowed here. Yeah. I mean, and actually that was, that's going back to what I was saying with Tove. That's another thing. Um, they constantly tell me how blown away they are by just, just like stuff that we're, that we're allowed to, that we're offered here in this like country, what? like food wise. Like, I mean, you see these commercials for these like crazy, like, I don't even know. Like I'm trying to think of an example, like Dorito Taco Bell tacos and like that kind of crap. Contraft Supremes with the Doritos inside. Exactly. I used to live off that shit. They're literally like, it's It's like they got somebody high in a lab and they were just like, all right, let's load everything we can on here. Or some of these smoothies or like not, I don't even know what they are. Like the Frappuccino, like some of these drinks I see with like, Oh, I don't even know. It makes it gives me a stomachache. I know, me, me too. And they, I mean, and Tove has told me so many times. You know, they're like, it's crazy because we, our country, wouldn't even allow mm. companies to sell this kind of stuff because half the stuff, like the I told you earlier, the dyes that we use, the preservatives that we use, a lot of them are literally banned. Yeah. I mean, Kraft, for example, had to reformulate because they weren't allowed to sell their macaroni and cheese overseas yeah. because of the ingredients that we had in ours in the U.S. Yeah, and this is why everybody has, I mean, we have all these health issues and all these digestive issues. But, right? I mean, for me, it's like, I get so frustrated because I've only been abroad once. I went away for a week and literally, and I've had really bad digestive issues my whole life. And that was the first week and only week in my life I had no issues. Oh. And... It was just crazy. And I come back and I eat like a very clean diet yeah. and I try and get the highest quality always. Like I'm very, everyone thinks I'm just like a Nazi about food. Right. But I, cause in, but in my head, though. I'm like, even when I'm getting the highest quality I possibly can and like going out of my way in ways that most other people are like, that's just like too much. I still know I'm like half of this is probably like fucked up. Right. Yeah. Like, like, for example, like, I don't know, all the salmon stuff. I'm like, all the, like, oh, all the, oh my gosh, the fish and the meat is just like, I feel like every, I don't care what it's labeled. It's like not true. I know. You know, that's why you really, that's why I think it's so important to find, um, a local butcher or even like a local farmer. I mean, my mom lives in San Antonio and she has a, uh, farmer that drives to San Antonio like once every two weeks or something. And she just goes and loads up on all the meat from it because yeah, she knows amazing. it's organic pasture raised. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, that's kind of what you have to do now. I was listening to this podcast a while. I forget what it was, but they were saying that a ton of the salmon that was coming to the U S was like from, I don't even know what country it was and they it wasn't salmon but it was like farm raised um like some white fish that they dyed that they dyed pink and they labeled it wild caught salmon in the u.s and sold it everywhere i mean i believe it yeah it's like that's starting to happen here and yeah. it's really scary and so i'm over here thinking i'm getting wild caught salmon and i'm like it's probably not wild caught you know no like i know it, it is it's really upsetting and that's and that's where this goes back to you just have to really start doing your research there is a website which i don't remember off the top of my head but i can give it to you if you want to yeah like, link i'll it put later. it in the show notes um but there is a website where you can go um and look up and just basically it helps you navigate the healthiest sources of fish like where like yeah. what countries you should be getting it from um and it kind of helps you navigate that a little bit better 
But yeah, I mean, the salmon thing is terrifying. I actually did a video on this because I could not believe that this was happening. But I, I would say personally, I will never buy farmed salmon again. And I usually oh, never eat salmon out anymore because uh-huh. I'm scared that it's going to be farmed. But they live in such gross, dirty um, pools or wherever they're being fed, essentially, or being bred that they get really sick and so then they get they put them on antibiotics and because they're so sick and they're all on antibiotics they they literally just drop antibiotics in their pellets Mm. and because they get so sick their skin turns gray you can look it up you can actually look this up and it is disgusting so then what they do is they feed them pink dye so that then it looks like you know beautiful healthy pink salmon um and then as far as labeling wild caught i mean that's illegal but i'm sure it's definitely happening yeah. but yeah it's really upsetting so it's why i always say you want to get wild caught over farmed salmon because i yeah. mean it's just you're essentially eating sick fish yeah and that's what, it's just like upsetting because it's like as hard as you try it's just like i know i just feel like in this country always just like picking your battles what's the best you can do but like I agree. what like i would love to give listeners some tips for what some of the best choices they could make while they're here would be like, I feel like you of all people would be able to, (laughs) you know, like what are the top things to look for? Like which vegetables need to be organic and yeah. Like, do you need to have everything organic and like, what are there better types of meat to buy? You know, stuff like that. Absolutely. Yeah. So, well, here's, here's the reality of it. Um, in a perfect world, if you can afford it, I would say buy everything organic, but I know that that is not possible for everybody. Um, I will say that I have been so, so militant about it for the last like five years. And even when I was, you know, barely scraping by, I was still buying organic, but I was going to Trader Joe's. And, you know, sometimes that means spending half of your Sunday going to five different grocery stores and finding the cheapest organic, you know, here and there. And so, there definitely is a way to do it if you really want to get scrappy with it. And I would say, you know, Trader Joe's and then Kroger is actually a great place. Like mm-hmm. I, we don't have that in LA, but when I was living in Nashville, they always had really cheap organic stuff. Costco has really cheap organic, mm-hmm. um, even targets getting into it. But that being said, if you really, really still can't do it, um, I personally would never ever touch a non-organic berry, um, strawberries, blueberries, blackberries because they are not only really highly sprayed but because they don't have any other skin that you can peel off or anything i mean you're just you're eating pesticides like just straight um let's see what else What about in terms of protein sources yeah so protein sources um this is a really hard one for me because i also again I personally can't bring myself to eat, to eat conventional meat. Mm -hmm. And I want to explain why, because, um, it's such a conviction for me that when I'm eating out and I know that the place does not serve organic meat, I will order a vegetarian meal because one, because of the way that these animals are being treated in this country is horrible, but it's also, it is not healthy for us in any capacity whatsoever. When you're eating a conventional chicken or a conventional cow, you're eating a sick animal and there is literally no way around that. And I know it's disgusting and a lot of people are going to go gross, but good to freaking hear it. Yeah. Yeah. Because it is, it's disgusting. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're, they're living crammed in these tiny little quarters because they live in such tight quarters, disease is rampant. Mm-hmm. Um, they're all put on antibiotics because they, you know, if they weren't on am- antibiotics, they would probably die or be so sick, you know, that they couldn't even sell them as meat. 
Um, and then on top of that, they're being injected with growth hormones because again, it's all about the money Mm -hmm. and they, you know, if they inject them with growth hormones, then they don't have to feed these cows for as long. Mm -hmm. They get bigger and fatter in a shorter amount of time. So it's less time that they have to worry about keeping this animal alive essentially. So it's cheaper for them. Um, and then they're also being fed GMO corn, which their design, their stomachs were not designed to eat corn, Mm -hmm. which is why there's such an emphasis on grass fed meat right now. Yeah. And so their stomachs were designed for grass. So when they eat grass, they're healthy, they're producing a healthy meat for us. Mm -hmm. But when they're eating corn, um, again, they're sick. And then on top of that GMO corn. So a lot of people don't know this GMO corn is actually classified with the EPA as a fertilizer. It is not classified (laughs) as food. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. So you're eating cows. If you're, if you're eating conventional beef, you are eating a cow that was eating an entire diet of, of pesticides. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason why they classify GMO corn as a pesticide is because it, the reason that makes it GMO is that it was genetically engineered with the pesticide in the corn. So it is actually a part of the genetic makeup of the corn is mm-hmm. a, the pesticide. And yeah, it, it helps keep pests away, but you're eating chemicals. Yeah. You're eating a pesticide. I'm curious when you eat, like when you're in LA for as short a period of time as you Mm -hmm. are versus when you're in other countries, do you notice a difference? If say you're eating exact same meal here versus there, do you notice any like differences like in your digestion or health or hormone? Like, do you notice things changing? You know, well, I will say this. I'm not sure if I notice a huge difference in that sense, but I will say that I find when I'm over abroad, especially in Europe, Europe is really where I trust the most right now as far as food quality goes. I, I'm way more relaxed with my diet in Europe. Um, you know, I don't I don't run around asking, oh, is this organic? Is this organic? I kind of just eat as I please. And yeah. I don't, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't feel the effects of it as I would here, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. So yeah. And you know, and I was diagnosed with a wheat allergy seven years ago. And actually this is kind of an interesting thing that some people may not know too. And I'll get to that in a second, but, um, I have been kind of testing the waters as I go abroad and eating. Cause you know, there's, I don't want to call it a myth, but there's like a thing floating around the like gluten-free community that, you know, you can go to Europe and you can eat gluten over there yeah. and it won't affect you. And I've absolutely had that similar experience. Uh-huh. And I, now I will say my wheat allergy has since manifested into more of like a, when I do eat it, it's more of an immune response now, mm-hmm. which is going to sound really weird, but I'm so in tune with my body that I know immediately when something's wrong. And the last time I had um, some sourdough bre- bread in London, I ended up getting really sick like a day later. I mean like, cold congestion, everything. And it was an immune flare up for me, but that is a complete side note. But I wanted to say that uh, the reason why that there's, there's a lot of theories and hypotheses right now about why people who can't ingest gluten here in the U S but they can abroad. And it's because of our, our usage of pesticides because and there's, there's major studies being conducted on this right now because it's actually a really big thing. And, And it's a big theory that, um, we're not, actually allergic to the gluten we're allergic to the pesticides that we're we're not even allergic we're resistant to them god we're really screwing ourselves up i know so you say you trust europe the most is there a specific country 
that you would trust the most? Um, yeah, I mean, like I said before, I would say all the Scandinavian countries okay. in general. I kind of lump them all together in one. Um, obviously, they're all separate countries, but just in my experience in general, um, like Sweden, Norway. Um, I, to be honest, I don't know too much about Iceland and their food mm-hmm. environment, but I do have experience with Norway, um, Denmark, and Sweden. And in my experience, it's all been yeah. I'm curious, this might seem like a weird, okay, is their version of a high fat diet the same as our version of a high fat diet? Because I feel like a lot of people around here are, okay, yeah, can you, can you? (laughs) (laughs) No, so ours, sorry, ours is very, um, you know, get your MCT oil in and your coconut oil and avocado and nut butters and all this stuff. Actually, this is so funny. When I first started touring with Tove, um, I was working with this brand and their main thing is nut butters. Mm-hmm. And so they would send me all this stuff to like throw on the tour bus. And I was, me and our tour manager were literally the only two people that were eating it. Cause mm-hmm. they were these little like to go packages of like almond and peanut butter. Yeah. And they looked at us like we were weirdos. They're yeah. like, how are you just eating <laughs> nut oh butter? Just like squeezing yeah. it in your mouth. Like what? <laughs> we're weird over here. Yeah. We're, they're like, you guys are so weird. Um, so no, it is different. There's more as an emphasis on like wild caught fish, um, I'm trying to think it's a lot more like animal products, actually, mm-hmm. to be honest, um, like goat's milk, goat's cheese and stuff like that. Um, I also feel like, yeah, like that's what I suspected. But, yeah. and also though, I feel like a lot of people like, you know, I feel like finally people are like learning high fat is like, don't be afraid of the fat. Right. Mm-hmm. But I also feel like a lot of people's version of high fat is still low fat. Do you feel like that? Or is that just me? Well, like, I'll just explain a little bit. I don't know. I don't like, know. I'll read things like high-fat smoothie, high-fat meal. Like, eat a high-fat meal, and it's like, their version of high-fat, it's like one tablespoon of olive oil, like, on your salad. I'm like, <laughs> You're like does it really feel like high-fat to me? That's, that seems still like, that's like, low to me, but yeah. I don't know if it's just the media thing. I don't know, you know? I mean... No, I, well, I haven't noticed that too much, but I guess I haven't really been paying attention too much in that aspect of it, but I do see what you mean for sure. I just see like what these conventional, cause I always try and pay attention to, I think, what would I be reading if I had never like 17 magazine and those kinds of sources yeah, versus like sure. the sources that we read for like recipes and stuff. And uh-huh. I see this thing that they, they put out, like they just take these terms, like the high fat thing and I'm like but like, now you're making like, people think that's high fat but it's actually low fat but it's like still pretty low yeah fat. yeah so that's why I was just curious I just I don't know I just think it's so interesting the whole marketing thing and <sighs> yeah know. the nut butter thing is interesting driven. are they the, like not big nut butter no yeah like, not at all I'm trying to think of what their equivalent is over there I'm trying to think of what like what to- oh they eat a lot of butter too okay. a lot of like grass-fed butter and and see that's another cool thing is that at least to my knowledge, and maybe somebody can correct me on this, I don't think that there are factory farms in Scandinavian countries at all. And I don't, I think uh, they're starting to do it a little bit in the UK, but I think it's still so minimal that it's not like it is here Mm -hmm. where if you don't buy organic grass fed, you are buying a factory farmed animal or, you know, dairy from a factory farmed animal, whatever Mm -hmm. it is. Whereas over there, it's so minimal and sometimes I don't think exists over there. So you're guaranteed, like when you're just out at a restaurant, you get butter. I mean, it's just 
to them they're like yeah of course this is grass fed. Yeah. Like, is there any other way yeah that's so nice no, do you amazing. do do you do butter here or ghee i do yeah okay. i do both i do ghee and butter but obviously when i buy butter i make sure that it's grass-fed pasteurized okay. organic or i hate to say obviously but that to me is important. yeah because so. you're used to okay yeah okay that's okay i also want to know so for traveling what are like staple things you keep with you like Ooh, yeah um, or do you have things that what are like your go-tos if you're really in a pinch like what if you're in a situation where you're just like i can't find anything healthy like what are the what's the best option that you can do you know yeah okay so well you know what that's a hard one to answer just because it really depends on what situation i'm in mm-hmm. um but i will say that just in case i always um, I travel with a carry on size suitcase that is just fully for food and supplements. Oh my God. And I love that. My van and crew makes so much fun of me for this sometimes, no. but, but they secretly like love it. Cause yeah. then the second anyone's getting sick, they're like, hi, yeah, <laughs> help me. Yeah. Like help. Um, but it's just funny cause I, I'm always getting stopped at like TSA security and stuff cause they're like, what the hell? Yeah. Like, who are you? Which doctor with all yeah. the tonics and <laughs> I like, love oh. that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But so I, so with that, and, and I want to say too, so I don't just completely sound like a crazy person. I, the reason I have a carry on like that is because I am it's carrying your, for my whole yeah, day. It's your too. job. Like I, yeah. yeah, exactly. Like I'm, I'm bringing stuff for everybody, but um, I generally have some sort of protein powder in there, um, chia seeds. Cause if anyone listening listens or watches my Instagram stories, I've made many a chia seed pudding yeah. in hotel rooms. That's my favorite thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm obsessed with it. I love doing it. Um, it's just so easy, Yeah. but, uh, let's see what else. And then I have a slew of supplements. So I have like a whole arsenal of, you know, immune boosting supplements that I bring. And then, um, I'll usually have a couple of cans of wild caught salmon from a brand that I like actually trust Mm -hmm. where they come from. And that's usually more for if I'm literally, like you said, in a pinch where I'm like, there is nothing to eat. Yeah. And I've before at an airport just bought, you know, whatever kind of maybe like organic chips I could find or whatever, and just like eating it with can tuna. It sounds horrible. And that like very rarely happens, but you know, in a pinch, sometimes you have to. No, that's what I do. I carry canned like sardines with me everywhere just in case, but that's really smart. And then I'll usually have some sort of, well, it depends on how much flying we're doing, but I will usually have some sort of like almond butter or something on me if I can find like a smaller, portion one because i've yeah. had too many almond butter jars get thrown yeah. away oh at tsa uh, literally the worst because they're so expensive they're so expensive i'm like well there goes 15 dollars yeah, um the other thing that i just want to touch on really quickly before we wrap up is i think a lot of people are probably wondering how you balance being healthy while also having a life you know what i'm yeah. saying like being on tour, I'm sure there's a lot of social social situations, and you're around a lot of people who aren't healthy. Yeah. And how do you how do you find that balance? Well, okay, I really like this question. So, it's somewhat of a balance with myself of not being so strict that I don't enjoy my life. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, people ask me that a lot. Like, you know, how do you eat organic all the time on the road? The reality is, I don't. Mm-hmm. Um, I try to as much as I possibly can, because obviously I do find it very important and I know too much now to not. Yeah. I can't go back now. (laughs) Yeah. Like I can't go back. (laughs) But that being said, if I find myself in a situation, um, where, you know, my only option is to eat stuff that is probably most likely not organic, I do it because Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, 
um, you know, life is too short to not also enjoy yourself. Mm -hmm. And I think that really ultimately health boils down to a combination of things. It's not just your diet and you need to have a healthy social life and interaction with people. And you're not going to have that if you're constantly, you know, avoiding situations like social situations or whatever it is simply because you're scared that they're not going to have, you know, something organic there. And so it really is a balancing act. And I will say that I really did luck out in the sense of the people that I travel with, you know, not only is it my job, but they genuinely do enjoy, um, me finding healthier options for us. So a lot of times, for example, you know, if we, if we go all go out to dinner one night, we have a night off. It's usually my job to find the restaurant because they know how much I care about the quality of food. And then they trust that I'll find a good spot. Uh So I'm in a very lucky position that oftentimes when we do eat out, you know, I, I mean, when we were in, I want to say it was chili, but I don't think it was chili. It was somewhere in South America. I mean, we found this all 100% organic restaurant Mm -hmm. and it was amazing. It was so good. And we had this amazing dinner there. And so it really is just kind of, you got to take it day by day, Mm -hmm. you know? And, and like I said, just it's, it's a balancing act for sure. Yeah. I feel like they have such incredible food in other countries. They really do. Like I'm wondering just like for fun, was there any meal that you totally like, would usually never eat, but you ate there and it was like incredible, like where in a specific country or just, just anywhere, anywhere abroad. abroad that stands out. You're Ooh. just like, I wouldn't usually eat this, but this looks so fucking good and I'm going to do it. Okay. I know that there is one, but I'm, I can't think of the top of my head right now. Oh no. Um, I might have to think about that for a second. Yeah, you can think about it. Because I know that there was. When I was in Spain, they had these churros that were just like stuffed with chocolate. Have you seen those? No, but they, now I want them. And I've never seen them in the U.S. And they're just like these huge churros chopped, stuffed with chocolate, like ganache. And I was like, why is this not in the USA? <laughs> oh, actually. Okay, so you made me think of exactly what... Okay, of my of what I ate. So good. That's what I was trying to we do. Were, yeah, that was perfect. <laughs> By the way, those sound amazing. Um, when I was in South America, we were in God again. I can't remember which city we were in, but I was getting bombarded by mm-hmm. comments of people saying, "Oh my gosh, you have to eat this specific cookie." And I'm blanking on what it's called now, but I'm sure anyone that's been there or maybe is listening that lives there will probably mm-hmm. know exactly what I'm talking about. But there are these cookies that they make over there. And they're, I mean, they're they're essentially just kind of like a shortbread cookie with some sort of like icing Mm -hmm. chocolatey kind of filling or whatever. And I was getting bombarded so much with it that I hit a point where I was like, you know what? F it. I just really want to try this just to like say that I did. And they were amazing. And in the moment was worth it. But then I actually ended up feeling really sick afterwards. Oh, no. Because it was, I didn't, you know, it's funny. I went to this juice bar the next day and ended up finding these organic gluten-free stevia sweetened ones instead they were so good that i bought like five of them <laughs> like, i'm saving more of these for yeah. later um but yeah they're really good so okay. i mean i do that every yeah. once in a while you know i'm like i'm only i'm like when am i ever gonna be it's in south life. america again yeah. to ever have a chance to try this again exactly. so screw it exactly no i love that okay one last question and then we're gonna wrap up okay. so quickly what are like the top three things that you would say to somebody to just to changes they could make to improve their diet, I guess. Ooh. Okay. Oh, this is, I feel like it's going to be kind of tough. Um, well, okay. So one, I would say be more conscious of things that you're eating out of packages. Um, I play this little, I call it like I play this little game with myself sometimes where I can like, 
buy the least amount of packaged food that I can possibly get away with. Cause I feel like this day and age, you can't fully get away from buying stuff in packages. And now we, we do live in a time where we can find healthier mm-hmm. stuff. Um, but I would say, try, you know, try to focus more on buying whole real foods. Cause it will also force you in the kitchen. Um, and will force you to kind of become like a little creative with your yeah. food, which I think is fun and important too. Um, there's so many good recipes online that are healthy yeah. that are and so are fun so to make. Easy yeah, too. Yeah. You really don't. That's the thing too. I feel like so many people are scared because they feel like they have to be this like, you know, culinary chef. No, I, I don't come from a chef yeah. background. I literally just learned by just going in the kitchen and making a lot of mistakes mm-hmm. and a lot of weird food, but like overall was, you know, it was fun and like mostly edible. Yeah. <laughs> it's always edible. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> a beauty of using real food ingredients. Always edible. Exactly. <laughs> So I love that. And you can turn it into a fun thing too. You know, you can invite friends over. That's one of my favorite things is my friends and I will get together and we'll each buy a couple different ingredients and then cook together. It's yeah. fun. Um, okay. So I would say that. And then, Oh God, this is a hard one. I mean, uh, I would say that it's really important to incorporate more higher quality fats in your diet too. Um, I know this is a hot topic right now and a lot of people are talking about it, but it really did make a huge difference in my day-to-day life. It helps with energy. It really helps with hunger. I mean, I remember being that person that I couldn't go like an hour without snacking. It would just be like, oh my gosh, I just ate lunch and I'm starving. I have such a hard time on Instagram because I'm watching people's stories and they're just like, I'm so hungry again. And they have this hanger issue. And I'm like, if you just ate a little more fat at your meals, yeah. maybe you could last a little longer. Right? Like, <laughs> I'm not going to say that to you. That's what I'm thinking, you know, like totally. But it's true. Yeah, it's true. And, you know, and, and so good sources of fats, I would say salmon, if you can find a good high quality wild caught salmon, avocado, coconut oil, um, despite all the articles that are coming out right now, I could go on forever, <laughs> yeah. but coconut oil is healthy for you. And if you pay attention on my Instagram, I will talk more about that later. Um, avocado oil, avocados obviously are great. Um, nuts and seeds, nut butters. I mean, anything like that. MCT oil is great. Cause you can use that as a salad dressing, you know, mm-hmm. like with different, you could incorporate it in with a salad dressing. Um, and then I, the third thing I would say is become more aware of your sugar intake because a lot of people don't realize that sugar is being snuck into everything right now. And you could think that you were eating really healthy and, um, your salad dressing is loaded with, with sugar. And then, you know, trying to think of other sneaky examples of where it lies. I mean, it's literally in everything, literally in everything, like stuff that you would never, I'm like, why is there sugar in my salad dressing? Oh, I know. I know. You know, like, that, uh, that drives me nuts. I'm yeah, like, buy no, the unsweetened The salad vanilla. dressing and the almond milk are the ones that make me really mm. upset. I'm just me like, too. well, because there's some salad dressings. People don't realize this. If you, if you put a tablespoon or two worth of salad dressing on your salad, some of these salad dressings have like 20 grams of sugar mm-hmm. for two tablespoons. Mm-hmm. That's unreal. Mm-hmm. Your salad is no longer healthy. Yeah. I'm sorry, but like 20 grams exactly. of cane sugar. That's insane. And the, it's, and they have the sugar and the nut butters too. I know that drives me it nuts too. It really kills me. I know I buy, I buy sugar-free everything. And I want to say, I don't buy the stuff that's like sweetened with artificial sweetness. Yeah. I mean like just, is unsweetened yeah you can re readjust your taste buds guys because yeah. we've just gotten used to this we it's have. a fake it's a fake taste 
And then once you train your taste buds and you go back, if you ever try something, it's like whenever I taste anything sweet now, I'm like, ugh, I I can't. I don't like it. Same. You know, and I was actually was talking about this with somebody the other day. I am still to this day so surprised that every time I eat an apple, how sweet and good it is to me. I'm like, oh my God. Like it's almost so much. Yeah, no, it's like, it's like, it's tart, man. Yeah. No, exactly. Damn. This is like what an apple should taste like. And you know, and when you, when you do cut out sugar and all of those other areas, then it makes, you know, enjoying that cookie or whatever so much better because it does to me, it does taste better because then it's more of like a satisfies you. Yeah. yeah, Cause then you're actually saving your sugar for things that the sugar should be in, Mm -hmm. in the first place, you know? Exactly. So those are good. I like those. Okay. One last thing. If you could live, if you had to live in one place the rest of your life, where would you live? Ooh. Um, Oh, okay. Well, this is how I'm feeling in this moment in time. I would love to live in Norway. <laughs> okay. Love that. What yeah. do you love most about Norway? I mean, the, the high quality of the food. I, I love uh, Scandinavian people in general are just my favorite. And you maybe- <laughs> make me want to travel like a lot. Well, I'm, I'm not like a traveler, but you make me want to. I've spent a lot of time with Swedes in the last two years and I just... they're so sweet those Swedes (laughs) I love that so or you know and I and I want to say that the reason that I didn't say Sweden um is because of how brutal their winters are oh okay that makes sense well actually you know I'm not sure if Norway is much different I've never been there in the winter so maybe I would feel the same (laughs) way about too but I guess you'll find out maybe but it's so beautiful yeah yeah. where's the next place you're going so um out of overseas or just both so I go to New York um, for a few days and then I'm actually going back to Sweden for oh another festival fun oh my fun. god well I'm so happy I got to have you here while you're in LA for two minutes thank you I'm so excited <laughs> can you tell everybody where they can find you yeah so everything is real foodology across the board so my website is realfoodology.com. my Instagram is real foodology and I, I mean, I have a Facebook as well, Real Foodology, but those are kind of my my most active. Yeah, and I'll put I'll sites. put the spelling in the show notes too. Yeah, and I just you. love you guys have to follow her to see everything she like. I love your chia puddings in the <laughs> hotel room and just like seeing. I just love what you're doing because it shows people. People use the excuse I'm traveling, so I can't eat healthy. No, 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 no. No, that's not you an eat a healthy meal every single meal and it's like you're traveling everywhere and it's like if anybody could use that excuse it it should be somebody in your position you know but like if you can make it work you know like that's why i'm just like anyone can and you know the thing is it's really not that hard Mm -hmm. i I will be transparent and say yeah you do have to work a little bit harder than if you were just to walk down the street and go to a fast food joint but Mm -hmm. it is not that much harder mm-hmm. yeah and it's pretty soon it. you're gonna be putting up a, a guide right i am that's yes. gonna literally blow it up i'm so excited <laughs> cannot it wait finally has a tab on my website yeah so that's <laughs> you guys stay tuned keep checking the website yes. and follow her okay thanks thank you bye bye okay how amazing was that i hope you guys learned a ton i'm sure you did and I just wanted to thank Courtney again for allowing me to ask her so many questions and for coming on the show. I know she's so busy and I'm just really grateful that she took the time to do this. And I really hope that this was eye-opening for you. Make sure that you follow Courtney 
on Instagram at Real Foodology and definitely check out her website, realfoodology.com if you haven't already. She's great. And if you listen to this, tell her that she listened to it and tell her what you think. And I can't wait to hear what you guys think. So I'm going to wrap it up here. I know this is a long one, but it was a good one. And I hope you guys have an amazing day, an amazing week. And I will talk to you again next time. Bye.